The pandemic was a fascinating time, especially as it relates to e-commerce. No other technology sector experienced such hypergrowth. With the pandemic subsiding, the path ahead is a little bit murky for companies like Shopify, Noibu, and Rewind. Today, we talk with an expert based in New York City who's worked in the e-commerce sector for more than 20 years. He will share his thoughts on the road ahead, especially as it relates to Shopify. All this coming up on Techopia Live. Hello, everyone. I'm Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal, and welcome to another episode of Techopia Live. This is a regular podcast from the Ottawa Business Journal that features executives from next generation technology companies. We want to shine the spotlight on the up and comers. We want to keep you updated on established, established players. And sometimes we bring you experts to take a little bit of a zoomed out uh, perspective on what's happening. And in fact, that's what's going on. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the ever-changing, ever-evolving world of e-commerce, especially as it relates to Ottawa's flagship technology company. Of course, I'm talking to uh, Shopify. To explore all of this, we've got a great industry expert. He spent over 20 years as a technology uh, entrepreneur focused on e-commerce. He's coming to us live today from New York City. He's worked for companies like Channel Advisor, Barnes & Noble, Pitney Bowes. Please welcome the founder and CEO of RMW Commerce Consulting. Here is Rick Watson. Hello, Rick. How you doing, Michael? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for taking some time out of your busy agenda to uh, to share your time and equally your expertise. And to kick things off, uh, Rick, I, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce you and your company and, and kind of your sweet spot in terms of the value you offer. Yeah. Hi. Um, just for, for those who haven't met me before, my name is Rick Watson. I'm CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting, as you mentioned. I've uh, spent over 20 years in the e-commerce industry, and my firm uh, was founded a, a little over four years ago, and we focus on two major areas. One is middle market private equity-backed brands that are looking to grow and transform, particularly in digital commerce initiatives. So we advise investors and CEOs um, before acquisitions, sort of pre-diligence in strategic planning and then change management after uh, acquisitions to help make some of these uh, programs happen. We also work with venture-backed software and service providers in the e-commerce industry, mostly on go-to-market strategy. Okay, thanks. It's like you've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> a few dozen times a day, I guess. A few, yes. So I think we all know the e-commerce story during the pandemic. It was like uh, someone pressed uh, fast forward on the industry. All of us were locked down, especially here in Canada, you know, in our homes and and had to resort to uh, clicking buttons uh, for our sustenance and and uh, all of our, our commercial needs. But uh any, any quick observations, Rick, and now that, you know, I think the pandemic's behind us. So if you look back to, you know, 2020, 2021, the early part of 2022, what, what sticks out in your head? Yeah, um, I, I think there, there are two groups of companies I found during the pandemic, the ones that were ready for it and ones that were caught flat-footed. 
I, I think the ones that were caught flat-footed were obviously the ones that did not have much dependence on e-commerce prior to the pandemic. So they may have been dragging their feet. Is e-commerce going to work for our business? Well, suddenly all retail shuts down and e-commerce becomes a pretty big priority and we need to get that website up in a month. And the second group are ones that already have a great, uh, a very large percentage of their business from e-commerce. And, and I'm, you know, here you can speak about companies like uh, Amazon and Shopify as some of the best examples of these, that the demand just went through the roof during these times, particularly in 2020 and early 2021. Um, the demand outstripped all expectations. And so we were dealing in a supply constrained world, uh, meaning there aren't enough engineers, packages, supply chain, container ships, like whatever it was, there weren't enough of them in e-commerce to uh, satisfy the demand of consumers because no one could walk into a store. And it, it, it put companies like Shopify in a, in a difficult position, I think, Rick, because they saw this tidal wave of demand uh, coming to their way. They had to ramp up res internal resources, human resources, and made, made you know maybe an assumption that 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 uh, those waves would still keep on rolling into the shore. Um, but it didn't. It didn't really happen like that, did it? it? You know, those they were heady days. It was a very unique circumstances that uh, that caused a spike in demand. Yeah, I, I think that's case, the case. Uh, I certainly think that's the case with Shopify. They are, they are definitely not unique. Uh, I would say very few companies did not suffer such a similar fate. You can go down the lines of Amazon, Peloton, Walmart, so many different, you know, all, all the uh, five-minute grocery delivery businesses that are now not in business anymore. Um, most businesses that had some large exposure to e-commerce had to invest to keep up with the demand. And then the overhang of COVID means demand is sharply down. And what happens to all that cost you added during the pandemic to service the demand that isn't there anymore? And so I think that, you know, going back to Shopify in particular, um, the company has had two rounds of layoffs in the last year and has admitted that they overshot their uh, demand forecasts for e-commerce generally and rick i'm eager to get your your take on this you know shopify is one of the e-commerce kind of uh, uh and and of course the biggest uh, by far rick in our market but we've got people like noibu that kind of uh, look for e-commerce mistakes and then you've got uh, companies like Bushbomb that are selling more of a product and experiencing like thousand percent year over year not year over year excuse me thousand percent three-year revenue growth. Um, but these, these companies that are working to, um, to uh, support the e-commerce functions of other companies, e-commerce technology uh, providers, what would your advice be to them as we kind of uh, enter kind of a no more normal period here? Yeah, look, um, my, my advice for these companies, particularly brands and service providers are... Um, Really, the outlook in 2023 has been more cautious because um, we we kind of came like even sort of post-pandemic to some extent, we entered 2022 expecting the world to come back to normal. And what happened when we hit March, April was we have a war in the Ukraine. We have a, a completely different interest rate policy and, and capital 
both venture capital, private equity is much harder to get than before. And so that's one of the big things coming out of COVID is I would say caution of big investments that ha don't have uh, short-term and medium-term payoffs. And so when money is free, and it's very easy to raise new money. It's easier for, in for investors and CEOs to make bets that might pay off five, seven, 10 years from now. In an environment where it's very difficult to raise that next dollar if you run out of money because you're not profitable this year, then your bets need to be slightly more cautious and you need to focus on the bottom line of profitability as much as as much or more than the top line. And there's there's plenty of evidence of that uh, in our in our market. So even the companies that are far smaller than Shopify, Rick, have been uh, you know going through a few rounds of layoffs and and trying to reduce their burn rate and 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 save cash since they know it's going to be hard to raise. Um, I want to loop loop back to uh, Shopify for a second, Rick. And I think it's a difficult question I'm asking you, but I know that you've been watching the company for many years. We've known them here in Ottawa, of course. Uh, the founders, even before their Shopify days. Wow. Uh, I think often we get caught in like the headline news and the headline news is important, right? The, C the, the fight with CRA and uh, a wrongful dismissal suit uh, complaints from employees and, and all of these types of things. But if you were to help uh, us, our viewers, zoom out on Shopify, where do you think they are in their kind of longer journey here? Yeah, look, um, Shopify is one of the more ambitious and innovative companies in the e-commerce space, especially if you look at the, the long arc of, um, clearly they're one of the breakout successes in the e-commerce software industry. And I would say, look, during the pandemic, they were growing something like 50 to 60% year over year. And I think coming out of the pandemic, what e-commerce is slowing down, and I think if you look at the last couple of earnings calls, um, their GMV and revenue is growing in the uh, mid to high teens range. And for the world, that seems like a, a low number, but I would say relative to retail, which is flat to slightly up or flat to slightly down, um, Shopify <laughs> is still growing uh, quite quickly, um, even, even coming out of the pandemic. It's you know it's it's like they raised all of our expectations now, right? With this incredible <laughs> growth, and and, and that uh, we're all uh, somewhat disappointed when we see. But relative to other companies, I get your point. I was going to ask you uh, all for both sides of the coin when it comes to Shopify. So maybe I'll get you to think here for a second for of one thing that makes you optimistic when you think of Shopify, and one cause for concern. So we'll start with a more positive note. If you think of Shopify relative to other e-commerce uh, providers, and of course, their Shopify is committed to other aspects, but what's one reason that you might say to people, you should you know, keep your bet on Shopify? Yeah, look, if, if you look at the history of technology companies that have been successful, the ones that fail are the ones that stop innovating and stop trying new things. And so I, I think... Um, what Shopify has been great at over its history is really innovating faster than anyone else, particularly in the, I would say, mid-market to enterprise software market. You don't see, you know, companies like Salesforce and Adobe, they, they don't innovate nearly as quickly as a company like Shopify. So I think as you think about that, um, that gives them a big leg up because often it doesn't matter, like, 
in, in the tech industry and, you, and you've covered the tech industry, I think, uh, longer than me, you're not expected to hit on every idea. But if you stop innovating, then you're dead in the water because your competitors are passing you by and you have no chance to find that next innovation ways. And I think Shopify, even in their changes in the last year, have all been about streamlining, making sure that product innovation is literally the number one thing and everything else is secondary, even if we make mistakes and stub our toe along the way. That's, that strikes me as the case. I mean, it's pedal to the metal, as they say, is my sense when I think of Shopify and their developers and, and what we've seen from the company. On the flip side of that coin, Rick, what would give you some cause for concern when you think about Shopify again relative to the larger e-commerce uh, technology sector? Yeah, I, I think Shopify, the brand of Shopify has been essentially entrepreneurs and small and medium-sized companies that are, you know, follow your dream, start a business online, and sort of grow from there. What Shopify has not been about historically is selling to big customers. And so the company's DNA is entrepreneurs. If you look going back to Toby and Harley, um, you know, some of the founders and first employees, entrepreneur entrepreneurial endeavors, entrepreneurship, it's all in their DNA. Literally, you can't go through an interview um, with the founders without talking uh, about the importance of entrepreneurs. Well, that doesn't always line up with the needs of big companies. And so as you start to go up market and Shopify has start to say, like, we need, look, as our brands grow and as the e-commerce market matures, entrepreneurs aren't going to make up the bulk of the revenue. We're going to go where the, where the money is, where these larger companies are, hundreds of millions and even billions of dollars that, of, of revenue that Shopify is chasing. That's a much more crowded market going after companies like Salesforce, Adobe, SAP, IBM, you know, and, and, and others. I, I, lo I love that point. In fact, it, it was the perfect segue, uh, but I just want to put our uh, conversation on pause here for a second, Rick, to recognize uh, the sponsor of this episode, a company that's been involved in supporting uh, great local technology companies for many years. Here's a message from Pearly Robertson, Hill and McDougall Law Firm. Tech companies must move at the speed of light, and they need a law firm that moves just as fast. Early Robertson, Hill & McDougall has developed long-standing expertise in helping tech companies address their legal matters. As Ottawa's largest, premier, full-service law firm, Pearly Robertson, Hill & McDougall has provided a number of specialized legal services for the past 50 years. Pearly Robertson, Hill & McDougall's in-house legal experts can help tech companies with financing strategies, venture capital, private placements and public offerings, mergers and acquisitions, intellectual property protections, shareholder agreements, and much more. To learn more about how Pearly Robertson Hill and McDougall can help your company, visit perlaw.ca. And we're back talking with Rick Watson, and we're talking about the general technology industry, but uh, sorry, the e-commerce industry, especially as it relates to uh, local flagship uh, Shopify. So I, I want to ask, I come back to the point you were making, Rick, because it is one of, that I've heard is one of the significant challenges they face is that uh, Shopify was, you know, very uh, focused on arming the rebels, as they said, and these, 
you know, little uh, smaller type companies that wanted to develop, you know, direct e-commerce uh, capability to their customers and that type of thing. But now they're going upstream, right? They're they're looking at dealing with, I don't know, Budweiser or, or you know, major fashion brands or something like that. And you were, you were speaking to the fact that that is a challenge. I wonder if you have an idea about how you how you accomplish that how does shopify try to start moving upstream like what is a successful strategy or idea or piece of technology rick yeah look um i think shopify's challenge is not necessarily in the technological innovation front um their technology particularly as it develops over time as long as they fulfill sort of like security and information data requirements of enterprise customers, let's assume that they're gonna take care of those things with the table. The, the biggest issue they have is that sometimes big, slow companies aren't looking for big, <laughs> lots of innovation. They're looking for technology that moves slowly, that doesn't change a lot. And they're looking for companies that serve other companies like them. You know, the old, there is an old adage, like no one gets fired for hiring IBM. And it's true, you know, it's true for a reason, but is because no CTO wants to, and you know, bet on unproving technology. I would say that said, the, if you look at like, where is the beachhead market for Shopify in the enterprise and, and sort of bigger company area, it's really ones that align philosophically with the best parts of Shopify, which is you have an innovative technology that's easy to adopt and it's very low cost. And so as a result, even, even if maybe it doesn't fulfill every single requirement that you have, maybe it's the 80-20 rule, you're not gonna spend hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars implementing it and it's not going to take you a year or two with some payback that may never occur. And so companies that are thinking in this sort of like quick to market, really great price performance ratio, those companies are going to resonate very well with the Shopify message. And I think companies with sort of like, you kind of use the term in quotes, old school IT departments that are resistant to change, um, it's, it's likely going to be much more difficult to, for Shopify to penetrate those organizations. And it strikes me it's a different sales process, right? I mean, Shopify kind of was the tool where entrepreneurs would discover Shopify itself and then they would adopt it uh, themselves. Um, but when you're talking about the global uh, global companies and that type of stuff, it you know these, these and Shopify's done some of these deals, so please don't don't get us wrong here. They, they've done some, but it's a matter of how you accelerate and continue building that, which isn't necessarily what they were born on. One of the things that might allow them to do that, uh, Rick, is a sharper focus. So I wanted to touch for a second on this sale of the Shopify logistics business, which I think was kind of announced about two months ago now. But this was like a like a big um, turn for them from a strategic point of view. Uh, I can't remember the term. I'll find it on my screen here in a second. But Toby said it was kind of like, a, oh, that's it. It was a side project. He referred to, uh, you know, logistics was a side project. And we need to get back to our knitting, as they say. Was that a uh, a big strategic decision that would allow them to double down on, on the continued tech innovation as well as moving upstream with clients? Um, yeah, I, I think it, it does in short. And if you look at, look, at... Uh, um, 
you know, CEO and the company, it's a software company. They know how to write software. They don't necessarily know the best way to move parcels around. And I think you know, the company thought that it could write the best software to help move um, parcels around better than anyone else in the world. And I think the, the short story is that they kind of bit off a little bit more than they can chew there. Um, it was going to be more expensive than they thought. And I think the competition was more entrenched than they initially estimated. And so it was a bigger, it was a bigger problem from there. And so I, I, there, I think there are a couple of reasons that this could be helpful to Shopify. Number one, it's an entire line of business that they don't need to worry about anymore. So it does narrow their focus. And second, I think it's going to help their overall company margins. So there's quite a number of employees uh, that, you know, unfortunately for the employees involved, they were laid off um, even after the, um, the, the the divestiture of Deliver. You know, but from a bottom line, Wall Street point of view, Wall Street really loves those kinds of moves because um, if you kind of look at, you know, for, for better or worse, the investor sentiment on Wall Street right now seems to favor the Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Meta. When when employees are let go, the stock goes up, and it's a little bit nonsensical to me as I as I sit here because employees you can't drive any revenue without employees and innovation. But that's Wall Street. It just shows you how much Wall Street is is focused on the bottom line. And we'll wrap up with this question here, Rick. And I think I pitched a lot of hard ones to you. But if you had uh, ten minutes uh, with Toby and uh, and Harley, and you said, you know, I knew you guys are are fighting. You've you've this has been a giant success story. You've hit some bumps in the road. Here's my quick quick advice to you. Any ideas what you'd say to them? Yeah. Look, um, I, I'm for for better and worse i'm i'm usually very public with my opinions i write around on linkedin and articles on an email newsletter that i i produce in my podcast um but my number one advice for the company is is really to hire is invest more in marketing particularly as you go up market into mid-market and enterprise accounts i think the marketing approach that has got them to where they are today is not going to be the same marketing approach that they're going to need to get to the next level to tackle these bigger companies. And so, you know, hiring a head, uh, a chief marketing officer, which, you know, hasn't existed in the company for the last few years and getting some of the new revenue and enterprise sales resources, more marketing support to build the Shopify brand in the consulting companies in the global system integrators and all the partner community that's necessary to win enterprise deals, that takes a lot of marketing firepower and investment, not just in the short term, like you can't just sort of buy a digital marketing ad to market to these companies. That takes field marketing and events and you know all, all the sorts of things that, that much bigger companies targeting larger uh, clients have, have taken over the years. Uh, yeah, I get you know I get the point, Rick. It's a, and it's an interesting one, right? You need to market to the to the Fortune 500, and that means you know more uh, more more large scale, high profile marketing. That's an interesting piece of advice to move up scales. We said to get some of those bigger uh, clients. Listen, Rick, I want to thank you very much for spending some time and sharing your expertise with us. Uh, we'll continue to stay connected with you at Ottawa Business Journal, and wish you uh, continued success, Rick. Thank you so much. Uh, great to spend time, Michael. All right. Cheerio. Uh, that was Rick Watson from RMW Commerce Consulting. And now let's take a look at some of the other companies that champion our Techopia project. 
Picopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as EY, Building a Better Working World, Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies, Pearly Robertson Hill and McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law, TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. A big thank you to Rick Watson for sharing some of his uh, insights as it as they pertain to the e-commerce sector and more specifically to uh, Shopify. Listen, I want to thank you for watching and listening and remind you of a couple things. One is that we were uh, released a new magazine with our friends at EY. Uh, it's called the Techopia EY Insights Report. Uh, it was released at a great party in March and we had lots of the city's technology leaders come out. Uh, the magazine contains all sorts of interesting information, including a look at 75 years of tech in Ottawa, uh, the past, present, and future uh, of Ottawa's tech sector through the eyes of uh, three different generational leaders. We identify some of the uh, up-and-coming companies, some of the flagship companies, and end off with a lot of great editorial content uh, towards the end of the magazine. I also want to remind people that Techopia is not only this podcast, as we mentioned, uh, there is daily reporting on obg.ca. Look for the technology tab. Uh, we've got uh, on Mondays, we issue an email newsletter. Uh, that's kind of a wrap up of the week in technology. So be sure to do that. And for this episode, a reminder, you can watch us on YouTube uh, and also your favorite audio channel. There's, I think we're up to about 250 episodes dating back several years. So if you're interested or intrigued by a local tech leader, I'm almost sure if you go back in time, you'll find uh, find them on the channel. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode of Techopia Live. Let's keep building Ottawa's technology utopia. That's Techopia. See you soon. Bye-bye, everyone.